Hey there, I'm Nanzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Okay, so before we jump into the episode, I am super excited to share a brand new freebie with you. It's my targeting ideas for Facebook ads. If you've dabbled in Facebook ads or you've done them and you've tried them and you're just looking for some fresh inspiration for your audiences, this freebie is for you. I share my top Facebook ad targeting groups for you so that you can have inspiration and find those people that are perfect for what you have to offer. From warm audiences to cool lookalike audiences to cold interest-based audiences, I cover all three in this freebie. Head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash audiences to grab your copy today. Welcome to Market Scale Grow. Today I'm talking with Kirsten from the Southern Teach. We are going to hear all about her journey in teacherpreneurship and I'm so excited. So welcome Kirsten. Thank you so much for having me today. Do you want to just get started by letting everyone know where you're from and if you're still teaching, what you teach, how long you've been a teacher for? Sure. So I am from Texas. I've moved recently to the Austin area, but I lived in Houston for seven, eight years. And I have been in my eighth year of teaching. So I am actually currently on maternity leave. Technically, Um, I extended it to the end of the year. I was going to go back in January, but chose to just kind of stay till the end. But I've been teaching for eight years. I've taught kindergarten, third grade, fifth grade, My specialty is ELA social studies, but I've taught all subjects and I really enjoy upper elementary the most. It's definitely a lot of fun to be with those older kiddos. Oh, that's so nice. And it's cool that you've had a bit of experience in everything. So you really know what you like and what you're like, I don't want any more of this. Yeah. And I would have like, I know like people are like, oh, fifth grade, I don't know, they're too old, but they're probably one of my favorite grades to teach just because of that like age group and where they're at and, you know, how they're transitioning to middle school. So just having that group of kids is really fun. And that's actually um, what I was teaching before I went on maternity leave was fifth grade math and science. Oh, nice. I co-teach a fourth grade class science Uh um, with with the intermediate science. So I'm in Canada. So we have our upper elementary, we call it intermediate. So he teaches mostly like grade seven and eight science. And I mostly teach grade ones and twos, but we co-teach this grade four class together. And I think that they're so old and he thinks that they're so young. So it's just yeah. interesting to hear different people's perspective of like where they fall on the age range. So they're an interesting group. <laughs> Yeah. And they're definitely going through that transition from Mm -hmm. little, little to older kids and starting to understand the school world and that they have rights and they can do things. And yeah. And that's what makes it really fun. Like we have a lot of really fun conversations and we can get a little bit more in depth, especially like with social studies. And, you know, we went in Texas where U.S. or yeah, U.S. history and 
it's been really cool to have those types of, you know, in-depth discussions while also keeping it, you know, we're not going to get too in-depth, but we still can kind of go a little deeper than they have probably done in the previous grades. And they're old enough to actually understand these things and to actually Mm -hmm. like really get it. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. that conversation would be more fulfilling and more, I don't know, just bigger than it would have been in previous years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how did you start your teacher business? What is your teacher business? So it's kind of evolved. It started off when I was in in 2013, I was a student teaching and I had just kind of looked up ways to make extra money. And I decided I looked at teachers pay teachers and I was like, oh, this looks pretty interesting. I could probably make some money from this. I have some resources that I could upload. And so I decided to start a Teachers Pay Teachers store. Um, So it's kind of, that's kind of how it started was like, is making some extra cash on the side. And, but the only thing is I didn't really keep up with it as much as I probably could have. I uploaded those resources and then it kind of stayed there. Like I didn't do anything to grow it as much. I just kind of threw in some resources here and there over the years and mainly just focused on my teaching. Um, And then it wasn't until 2020, you know, when we were all like quarantined and to slow the spread, all all that kind of stuff. That's kind of when it kind of clicked and I decided, you know, I can probably really take this. I mean, I'm going to try to take this as far as I can and actually give this my TPT store a chance and give it a whirl and like make it grow into how it, you know, as much as I'm able to. And so that's when I took all of the, what was already in my store and I updated the product covers and the previews and I gave my resources a little extra oomph. So I updated everything and then I added more resources. And that's kind of where I saw a lot of growth being an active seller and really taking it seriously is what helped my store to be like this flat line, like making a couple dollars, five, you know, here and there to really making consistent income with it. So that's where it started. So in 2019, when I had my son, I decided, okay, I'm going to go in similar to what you did in 2020, like go in, update my products, change my cover pages and all of that. And I remember being so afraid of the terms of use. And like not knowing if I put terms of use, not knowing if I credited fonts and and clip artists and those kind of things, right? And I was so proud of 2013 Gen Z. I was like, you did it. You had them. But because it was just such a totally different world, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't remember if I, and it was also mm-hmm. six years later, of course. So how could I remember? But but it was totally, totally a different world. So it's nice to hear someone else who went through that whole like, okay, let's give our products actual previews and like, Mm -hmm. let's create actual cover pages for these things and the the thumbnails and all of that. So I totally understand what you mean. And it did totally made a difference in my store. I went from like change every month to consistent, Mm -hmm. consistent money. So since you kind of re-kicked off your store, have you had any like major milestones or major challenges that you've faced and how did those go? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had a little bit of both. One of the big ones that happened recently in October is I was able to hit the first milestone. Yay! So that was really exciting for me. And it was kind of crazy to see how it was like between 
2013 and right before I started being an active seller, it was like not even, it was like just about $200. And then the rest of that from then to October was that it was basically what made me hit 20,000. Wow. And it was all like, I was teaching in the classroom that whole time. So it was definitely, I was not like just sitting there every day, churning out products and all of that. It really wasn't products. I didn't, I still had less than 150 products when I hit the first milestone. It was just really um, just the product listings, just making sure they're optimized and they're, you know, SEO friendly and hitting the top of the search results. Like, and also just the fact that one of my resources went really viral, I guess it was like, like it, like sales every day, all year. Um, and it was, it's like a Enneagram test for grades three through five. That's so fun. Yeah. I think, I, I guess just like the popularity and the timing of the Enneagram and then the fact that it's geared for kids. So I guess that's why it's, it's a hit for a lot of teachers. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's like basic, a lot of, you know, it's a lot of the sales that I get, but then of course there's some product lines that I've come out with that have also done really well. And I'm starting to add on to that this year. I'm focusing on growing product lines that sell really well. And then as far as anything, you know, some, I guess, learning experiences, I definitely, you know, I'm trying not to get too sad over some of those resources that I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. The teachers are going to love it. And then nobody like it doesn't matter how nice the product listings look. It's just there's not a market for them. And that's that's just the nature of things. Sometimes it's like if, you know, even if it looks it, you might have to maybe you might have to tweak how it's marketed and like, you know, who it's for. But it's just that the fact that people may not there's not a need for it. So that's, you know, that's the downside of, you know, putting out more products is like, but it's also a way to just see what works for your store and what teachers really like and which ones you probably should stop making more of. And so, yeah, that's kind of one of the things I'm learning as I am continuing on as an active seller. And your products are like your baby. And so when Mm -hmm. you put all this time and energy into creating something and then nothing happens, it's can be a little devastating. Yes, exactly. Yes. And it's, it's like, Oh, all of that for nothing. And no, you know, so, or it's, it's not even that it's, you know, it could just be, it's not making as much as you think it's going to. Mm -hmm. And you never know if you do, you know, sometimes if you make little tweaks, it might make a difference. It might change, but um, at least the positive side is that you, you know, finding those best sellers that are selling in your store and just keep, keeping on the path to making more of those types of products, because that's clearly what's working. And so it always helps to make more of those types. I talk all the time about following the data and just like Mm -hmm. listening to the data. The numbers do not lie. They are very clear of this is working and this isn't working. And in a lot of cases, you can narrow it down to specifically what part isn't working. Like in a TPG store, is it getting traffic, but no sales? Is it not getting any traffic, right? So there's a lot of different data pieces that you can look at to help you figure out and to tweak 
But if it isn't working, you have something else that is working, then leaning into what is working is what makes mm-hmm. the most sense for your time and your energy and ultimately your bank account balance, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm i pretty, like, even the big brands like McDonald's, I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I think they, like, tried to do pizza, like McDonald's pizza at one point. Obviously, that was a total flop. And so they're like, okay, well. We'll just keep going on with our burgers and fries and chicken nuggets and all of that kind of stuff. So, and the the fish fillet also, there was yes, they had the fish fillet and a pineapple burger of some sort that they released mm-hmm. at the same time, and they basically let the buyers decide which one would keep. And we still have the fish fillet; like it's still yeah. one of their best sellers. I don't know why I'm I, I'm allergic to shellfish, so oh. <laughs> I've never had one. But <laughs> there's just too much cross contamination between fish and shellfish, um, yeah. so I, I don't. Eat it, but I may be a little bit biased saying I don't know why people buy it, but it's one of the best sellers, and they still have it like 50, 60, whatever years later. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, big companies do the same thing of we're gonna put out and see what happens. Exactly right, and, and that's just part of being in business. It's just like taking those risks and sometimes it does really well. Sometimes it flops and either way you have to adjust accordingly. So it sounds like you've kind of figured out the listing and how to revamp your listings and help others is Mm -hmm. something that you've started to do, right? Like you're starting to help other people to optimize their TPT listings. Can you talk a little bit more about the transition into helping others with that? So it kind of started in DMs, like on Instagram, a lot of people would ask me questions about how to do certain things in PowerPoint and like helping with their logo to get like, you know, certain little tweaks and tricks that you can do. Um, And then that's when I thought, well, you know, there isn't a lot of TPT sellers out there really talking about, you know, designing product listings and making it attractive to your ideal, what I call your ideal teacher customer. And so that's kind of where I decided to, you know, put myself out out there as a thought leader and share information that I know and my experience in branding my own store and just helping others brand their store so that it attracts a certain niche and ideal target audience so that they can utilize, you know, different strategies in graphic design and branding so that you can really get buyers to click on your products. Because that's really most of what it is. It's like you're typing in a few keywords and teachers pay teachers. And I mean, as far as for me as a buyer, I'm always looking for the product. I'm looking at the pictures 99% of the time. I'm looking at the pictures. If it looks like it's been out there for like if it's one of my resources from 2013 and I it's not updated, I'm not going to pick. So I wouldn't pick my own resource from 2013. But um, just looking in the search results and seeing like if it attracts me, whether it's the colors or the fonts or it looks like it's something that would be really fun for my kids, that's what I'm going to click on. I'm going to ignore anything. Like if it's just a Word document, it's not going to it's not going to convert as well. So I share a lot of tips just in general on product listing and marketing outside of teachers, paid teachers, and a little bit of branding. So I do a little bit of everything through my podcast and the blog that I've had over the past year. And what's your podcast? I'm, I was going to ask you this at the end, but you just mentioned it. So what is your podcast? (laughs) It's the creative teacher podcast. Okay. And I'll make sure that's linked. So if people want to, because it sounds like you're pulling different 
all these different pieces. And there's a little bit of this here and a little bit of this here and other places, but you're pulling the branding and the searching and all of the pieces together in a way that you're right. I, I don't feel like I've seen it done this way before. And I feel like it could be really valuable for helping mm-hmm. people to market their TPT products. More yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that like I, even I, even I didn't think about as far as just having some type of consistency with your brand colors and um, the types of resources you put out there. So it kind of all goes together, not just visually. It's just like, it's, it's how you come to your audience with, you know, the wording that you use, the vibes you give off. I mean, if you think of any, you know, if you're on Instagram, any type of brand that you might follow, there's a reason you're following them. And it doesn't necessarily do have to do with if you've even bought their resources. Maybe you really like their reels or they have a lot of funny or connecting, you know, graphics that you resonate with. I mean, mm-hmm. I can I can list off a whole name of like brands that I really love, but one of my favorites is um, Frida Baby or the product line. They've got like stuff for moms and for babies, but like the snot sucker, it's sounds so gross, but it's, it's the best thing ever. It's it the, best. the best. It's like you get, you get those, those boogers out. It's great. <laughs> and just the, just even on their, like how they market and on their actual products, just like they have these fun little nuances of like the word I can't, you know, I can't totally quote, but it's like, just their play on words that they yeah. use. It, it's kind of fun. And I didn't even know they had a freedom online, but they had like, I had a whole postpartum kit and all of that stuff. And just like it, I don't know. I just, every time I see it at Target, I just want to buy everything there, but it's, it's just those type of brands that you resonate with doesn't necessarily have to do with uh, the colors or anything, but just like the wording that they use and just, there's so many different ways to branding to connect with others, but that's just something and the feeling that they yes, exactly. Yeah. So going back to like McDonald's too, if you like were to think of the first memory of McDonald's that you have, it's Mm -hmm. not going to, maybe it's going to be the golden arches, but it probably is more like sitting there with your family playing with the happy meal toy Mm -hmm. or something like that. If you think about the last one, like what was the most recent, my most recent memory of McDonald's that I can remember was going there after a wedding. Uh-huh. And like sitting there in like fancy gown at like three o'clock in the morning because they didn't have a midnight bar and I was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> like there you I go. was six months pregnant. <laughs> I was like starving. <laughs> yeah. So like, but you have these memories that have nothing to do with their brand color or, or their logo of just like the mm-hmm. feeling that they give you and that the emotions and the times that you've had there or interacting with them. So, yeah. And so that's why I like, That's exactly why, you know, I talk a lot about marketing, not just on Teachers Pay Teachers with product listings, but marketing outside, connecting with your audience or customers outside of TPT, just for those very reasons. It's just like making those connections in that way can really help by, you know, and maybe if they don't buy now, they're going to think of you, you're going to be top of mind when they are ready to buy. Or if somebody that they know, another teacher needs, you know, has a problem that they need solved or fulfilled, they can always think of you and refer them over. So it's just, there's just so many different ways to um, market outside of TPT and brand your store outside of TPT. And so there's a whole bunch of connections you can make with it. 
So going in that direction, how do you most frequently market your business? Like what's your, a little bit of your strategy. You don't have to give it all away. Cause I know that this is the genius inside your brain. Like, a little, no. Just a little bit, just a little taste. Yeah. So my favorite that I have seen the most success with, not just with my T, you know, not just with TPT sellers, but also with, uh, teachers. Cause I have, you know, I have two separate, I segment my email lists and all of that is with email marketing. And, um, I find myself, you know, I've always been a really strong writer, like my SAT scores, like it held my way, like out, it held my way, like with the writing portion when it was, you know, they had math, verbal and writing. And back at that time, writing was still a part of your whole SAT score. And like every time I writing was my strongest. So I, I, um, pride myself in being a really strong writer. And so copy comes naturally to me. And so just like, I'll get responses, like, you know, just on like, I loved that, you know, not just, I love that email that was, you know, so I just, I connect with my, um, customers and ideal customers through email marketing. And that's kind of really, I've seen a lot of, I mean, the data doesn't lie. So I've seen a lot of like traffic through there to my store. I've seen a lot of, um, conversions through there. So just, and it's also fun for me. Like I love sending weekly emails and I'm pretty like consistent on it, like sending weekly emails. And it's not always just like, let's buy this resource every week. It's not like that. You know, it's sometimes I'm sharing information, giving them, you know, directing them to a blog post or a podcast episode. So there's all kinds of ways, you know, that I market, but, um, definitely enjoy that the most out of all of the avenues that I'm currently working with. Awesome. I enjoy email marketing too. I wouldn't necessarily say that writing would have held my way. I'm definitely a math nerd. (laughs) I love spreadsheets and numbers and data. Um, but I can write all right enough that I'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, that's awesome. Okay. I have a few rapid fire questions for you. And the first one may surprise you favorite book that you would recommend. Oh, this is a good one. My favorite book that I've it actually, I first read it in ninth grade. It was required in our pre-AP English class and it's called Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. <laughs> it's, it's like this romantic suspense novel. And it's all about like this girl who, or, you know, this woman, she meets this widower and it's all about like finding her voice in her place. Cause the first wife that he was married to was everybody loved her. She was so, you know, she was so in intelligent and gifted and had all of everything together. And it's just like, she's trying to fill those footsteps or, you know, fill in these shoes, but it doesn't, she feels like the opposite of it. So it goes, there's a whole bunch of, it's a whole ton of plots and it's been the um, like most consistent book I've read that like, you know, out of all the required books we had to read, it's one of the ones that I go back to over the past 15 years that I just really love to read. Yeah. So I would recommend that one, Rebecca. Okay. Next question is favorite tool or software that you use in your business. My favorite would have to be Asana. It basically like it's, it keeps me on track. Like every, like I have all of my tasks that I do and I plan it out quarterly. So it's just 
super helpful to have it every day, like knowing what I need to work on and it just helps me stay on track. So, um, but it's basically like a project management tool, very similar to Trello. Yes. Trello, ClickUp, like those type of software programs, but I use Asana and it's really great. Asana is the first tab that opens in my like default tabs. I couldn't live without it. So I'm totally team Asana there. Um, and then last question is what advice would you give for someone just starting out on their teacherpreneur journey? I would say to not compare your journey to others. I think that's the big like thing to remember is you see, oh my gosh, all these TPT sellers are making so much money. They've got thousands of followers, tens of thousands of followers on their TPT store. And I'm just like, I've got two followers. How am I supposed to, you know, make money or, or even just like stand out between all of those out there. But I would just say that you are your only competitor. You don't need to worry or focus on what other people are doing or because it's all like all I've, I've heard this somewhere and I think it's an amazing analogy. Think of like an iceberg, like the tip of the iceberg. You that's all you see when you see all of those TPT sellers. You don't know how many team members they have working behind the scenes or if they even like, you know, how the, they may not be feeling great about their business and they, you know, you don't know anybody's journey except your own in its entirety. And so I would just say not to get tripped up or fall privy to like comparing yourself against other people, especially those that, you know, you don't know if they have tons of workers working for them and churning out products. There's always another side to the story. So, yeah. And they also started exactly where you started with no followers, no money, no products. And so give yourself time to get there. And that's actually something really always a good reminder to think about is, Everybody at some point when they opened their store had zero followers. They uploaded that one free and one paid resource and they've made, you know, their first resource that they uploaded was not like a hundred percent perfect. Like, you know, everybody learns when you're on TPT. They probably would cringe looking at it now. The original version of that original resource is cringeworthy for, I think everybody of like, Oh, that was me. I did that. No. Yes. Right. So. So that's what I, that's my biggest tip if you're just starting out. And it's so good. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. If people would like to find you, where should they go? So I have an Instagram account and you can just go to at the Southern teach. So the Southern teach, you'll find me pretty much on every platform. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And it's been a pleasure chatting. It's great to be here. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's inspiring story. If you'd like to share your story with us, then head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash journey and complete the quick application form. Then head to our community at marketscalegrow.com forward slash community so you can join our group of inspiring teacherpreneurs who are working on growing and scaling their businesses too. See you soon.